Go ahead. He brought me up here on purpose. For a purpose. <laughs> on purpose. On purpose. Just to speak for just a couple minutes, if even that long at all, but we just want to recognize what God has done and that, you know, we all know, pretty much all know that Roe versus Wade was overturned. And we are excited about that. Amen. And I just want you to know as a church, that's where we stand. Um, you know, we are not trying to be, you know, condemn people for things or, you know, if you have had an abortion, we're not condemning you. We want to love you, but we stand on what the word of God says. Yep. And we believe that abortion is the killing of children. And that sounds harsh to say, but how else can we say it than not? But I want you to know, and I pretty much think you all do know, that's where we stand. You know, if God said it, that's where we stand. Does it mean that we hate? No. And I am concerned that, you know, Christianity has gotten a bad name because maybe I'm not even saying I'm not guilty sometimes for how I have acted or treated other people because this is what it says. They will know we're Christians by our love. And, but you know what? Love isn't always agreeing with everything that other people agree with. You can agree with me or disagree with me, and I will still love you. But showing yep. our love, that's how people are going to know we're Christians. Not just, I know this many Bible verses, but are we living them? So I just, those are things on my heart. But it is time, we all know, these past few years have been like, what is happening? Well, Jesus is closer to coming back than ever. Yes. And we just... We just need to step up as a church if we're not going to preach and teach and stand on no matter in the face of whatever God's word, then we should not even be yep. having a church. Does that make sense? That feels uncomfortable sometimes, but that's okay. Just know this. We love you, and we want to do everything yep. we can to show love. But, and they'll know we're Christians by, by our love, but that doesn't mean we agree. Just because we don't agree doesn't mean we hate people. Does that make sense? Is that harsh to say? No. But I just want I just want to establish that. And I want to stand firm because we need to establish that's why we have churches sure. to establish the word of God, it's not to blend in for churches to, to the culture. Up, really. We need to be the light and be yeah. and do what we're called to be and do. Yeah. So. Absolutely. That's why he called me up here. I did. Yep. I did. So. She she told me to say it and I said, "You're you're woman here you roar, come up and do that. I love you. Amen. Hey, this came across my desk. I happen to have two more copies, but uh, he didn't know I was going to do this. My son-in-law is a premier in this magazine, so there you go. You know anybody needs a, a house uh, to buy or sell or whatever, he's the guy. That's a plug for Justin, but he didn't ask me to do that. Real proud of him. He's, uh, he's amazing. But, you know, today, um, the Lord changed my message. I was going to talk about loose lips sink ships. And uh, he changed it a couple days ago. But I thought I'd start out with a couple groaners. You know what a groaner is? You'll soon find out. You know what a track star eats before they race? Nothing. They fast. How about this? I got these from my daughter. What was Forrest Gump's password? One, Forrest, one. Okay. To the guy who invented zero, thanks for nothing. 
Time flies like an arrow. Fruit flies like a banana. Oh, there's more. I was wondering why the ball was getting bigger. Then it hit me. What did the sushi say to the bee? What's up, bee? I asked a Frenchman if he played video games. He said, oui. <laughs> what did the buffalo say to his son? Bye, son. And the last one for this morning, I renamed my iPod the Titanic, so when I plug it in, it says the Titanic is sinking. I said they were groaners. Sometimes it's just good. There's a lot of bad going on. It's just good sometimes to... Get a little laughter in and kind of just know that God is bigger than anything bad. Amen. Well, we want to welcome you today. Welcome our online group. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for coming. It isn't any secret to say this, that the enemy is into isolation. He wants to isolate you. In other words, get you off. When I grew up, did you, anybody besides me, watch Wild Kingdom? Marlon Perkins. Does that name ring a bell with anybody? See, some of you younger people are like, Who? But anyway, he was an older gentleman that went out in the wild, and really, he always sent his sidekick, Jim. <laughs> While Jim goes downriver to fight the cobra, I stay here, you know, that kind of thing. But they always showed Wild Kingdom. It was right before a Wonderful World of Disney or something when I was growing up. And, they, and it was always lions or whatever preying on isolated wildebeest or whoever was you know somebody that's injured or young or old they would always isolate them that is like what the enemy does he wants to get you and separate you from the group god is into insulation however he's into keeping you where you need to be he's into surrounding you with his anointing and with his angels and with fellow believers the enemy would love to lie to you and tell you that you're not important, that you don't matter. You have no worth. You don't count. Nobody cares. Nothing you do or have done or has been or will do or will be doing is significant. It's not important. As a matter of fact, as far as the enemy is concerned, you are not important. I love the, the screen there, the power of one, one more time. I'm here to tell you this morning, the enemy is a liar. What you do does matter. Who you are, better yet, whose you are, matters. Let's even the playing field. Let's talk about time. Everybody gets time. 24 hours in a day, everybody has it. No more, no less. Circumstances, I get it. Situations sometimes determine what we do with it but we all have the same amount of time. You ever had a week that seems like you haven't had time to catch your breath? We had almost six days of no electric. There ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> I mean, we were like, I am not Charles Ingalls, and, you know, this is the 21st century. I mean, but I was an Eagle Scout, so, I mean, but it's no fun. No electric. We have four amazing children, and I remember when each one of them turned a year old. Kim threw a big party. She said, there's a big cake. Um, and, they, you know, when you're a year old, 
it's different because that's that first year party. They'll set the child on the table and they will, for whatever reason, we allow our kids then to mush the cake with their face, with their hands, with their feet. It really doesn't matter. Everybody's filming it. Look at them. Look at them. Chocolate, vanilla, it makes no difference. They get to do all of that. He gets to smoosh it. But it doesn't mean when you're one year old that you've just lived one year. Yes and no. It really depends on how you look at it. Let's broaden that out a little bit. I worked at Cedar Point for two summers, and you ever see those taffy machines? They put that down and just, whoosh. let's just stretch this just a little. Let's talk about one year. So much more. 365 days are in a year. 12 months, 52 weeks, 8,760 hours, 525,600 minutes, 31,500 or 31,536,000 seconds. So it's much more than just saying one. So the first thought this morning You're never alone because in the beginning, remember, Jesus was sent Emmanuel. God is with us. I don't know, that ought to make a Baptist shout right there. Because God is with us. God is with us. We are together, not alone. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. It's amazing what we can do when we group together. If you're a parent and you have children, you look out for your children, don't you? If somebody messes with your kids... They mess with you. I mean, I've heard people say, oh, don't mess with her kids because then the bear comes out. You'll get the claws. Or if you mess with the bull, you get the horns. Let's keep going. Stretch just a little bit more. Sometimes one sounds like singular or a small number. If you only get one of something... Having one isn't necessarily small. One book of matches, yet inside are many matches. But it's just one container. But it contains many things. One pair of shoes. There's two items in one pair. One apartment complex could have many tenants. One church can represent one church, but it can have many members. We think one is low outside of zero in that fraction. But just because it's listed as one, you know, zero, one, two, three, we almost think, ah, it isn't important, powerful, or strong. Most people in a race strive to be number one. If you're second, they would even say number, or number two is first place loser. That's a shame, isn't it? If you do your best, I, I understand winning and losing, and I think that's part of life. I'm really not in agreement with we don't keep score here because everybody here is a winner, and it would affect the kids if one of them lost. They need to understand you don't win every time. Their life has struggles. There's some things you don't get everything you want. 
I could yell to the top of my lungs in the store. My mama wasn't going to give me none of what I was yelling for. You know what I got? A spanking. And if I didn't behave in the store, she let me know because she took me out to the car, then brought me back in. You haven't lived to you. Okay, never mind. There's a reason they put all that candy at the checkout line. Candy. No, you're not getting any candy. I want candy. You can't have any. I grabbed candy once. Not a good idea. Because I tried to open it. Then she had to buy it. That was even a worse idea. Hmm. The more numbers behind the number one, the stronger it is. There can be one noise. So if I clap by myself, we hear that clap. If we all clap together on three, one, two, three, it's stronger. There's more to it, although it was one clap. One voice, same principle. If I'd say one and then on three, we'd all say, well, I'm not going to do that. So you already know the clap principle there, but. It is one voice, one word, so much stronger when we are all doing what we're supposed to do. There's so much power in unity, lining up behind one vision, one God. Remember when this was one nation under God? The, the, the enemy knows it, and so he's out to sabotage the body of Christ. And he will try to do it. Here's what he's going to try to do. One person at a time. He wants to divide. He'll hijack your thinking. Divide you by thoughts of just human fleshly thought. Oh, you just, you're not worth anything. This is, you're just, what kind of an idea is that? Remember the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11. God never told him to build the tower. That was their idea. So they're human, so they had a flesh idea. They decided to build a tower, reaches up to God. They spoke different languages. They're from different areas. They came together under one idea. They learned to speak one common language. And that was the barrier that kept them apart from one another. Think about churches. Pastor Kim and I went on a drive. We went around. There were, I don't know how many churches we saw. There, were, there was like one on every corner, all different. I mean, if you think about it, if you think, think about churches, there's Baptists, there's Presbyterian, I'm not even going to name them all because I don't have them all. Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, Pentecostal, Independent, Lutheran, Jewish, Catholic, Seventh-day Adventist, and it just goes on. And we get confused about it. People go, oh, there's different translations of the Bible. There's this translation, there's that translation, and who's this? And if you don't have this version, then you must not be, I mean, everybody's got an opinion, don't they? We do it this way. You do it that way. It's grape juice. No, it was wine. We need to let the word be our guide and not our feelings. Let the Bible snap the plumb line. What does the Bible say? That's what my wife was trying to tell you. It, you know, I can have an opinion. I'm entitled to it. I guess we all, we're free. But I have to line up with the word because I don't have to. You know, that's who we answer to. We're going to stand before God, and that's who we'll have to answer to. 
Let the Bible. What does the Bible say? Now, I'll just tell you, and I don't have every history of what version is best for the Bible. NIV has some omissions in it, but it, it is put out there on like an eighth, ninth grade level for reading, so it's easy to read. I like, I use the New Living Translation a lot because I like the way it reads. Um, King James Version, well, there are certain versions of that, and there are people that will only do that, um, and that is, thou hitherest go, thou come die, hmm, I mean, and you can read that, and then there's nothing wrong with that. I just didn't know what I was reading. So the new King James is like King James without the these and the thous, and so I use that one as well. Most of those King James, uh, New King James, and then there's Amplified, you know, you read that, it's very loud. <laughs> but, you, you know, you can Google and do a study and find out which is the most accurate. My point is this. Just do what the Word says. Do what the Bible says. Let the Word be your guide, not your feelings, because your feelings will change. Let the word show you what's true. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Let the word be where you say, okay, that's what God says, and that's what I'm going to do. Our next thought this morning is there's unity if we're following God. If God be for you, who can be against you? Man, I'm telling you what, nobody can beat God. I might as well get in agreement with God. And God doesn't do things always my way. Does he do them always your way? How many have ever been, I can be in agreement for a cause or a mission, so to speak, and its purpose, but some people will do it a different way maybe than I would do it because we're different. If you haven't noticed, men and women do things different. Now, I'm in agreement with what needs to be done, let's just say, but here's what I would do, and maybe this is the way Pastor Kim would do it. We still have the same goal. We'd be in agreement with the goal, but how it got accomplished could be different. Just because there's unity doesn't mean you agree on, on everything. You can still love people, as she said, and and not be in agreement with maybe their view on this or that, and still be okay because you love them, and let God be that. Does that make sense? I mean, it makes sense to me. I'm not going to move my position if this is what God said. You know, Just because, let's just say if you're married, doesn't mean you're going to... Kim and I have been married for over 37 years. That's hard. I'm like, wow, 37 years. But I still don't like Downton Abbey. <laughs> and she doesn't like the rifleman. <laughs> but it does so we don't agree on her. She's like, oh, it's a cowboy movie. All they do is kick up dirt, ride horses, and eat beans, <laughs> shoot guns. I'm like, what's wrong with that? In Downton Abbey, there's so much drama and all of that. And her and Mal, and they'll be like, oh, I just love him. Isn't he so, oh, it's so nice. I'm like bored out of my gourd. In five minutes, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> so it doesn't mean that we agree on, on everything. But in that Tower of Babel, they ended up getting a common language. They were able to speak the same. They figured out how to communicate. 
See, that's a key in, in any relationship, communication. If we don't, then, we're, you know, we've got, we have to tend with this anyway. Pride and things of the flesh and just getting our own way. Everybody has a free will. I got to share with somebody the other day. He said, well, how can you explain this? He said, God's got this whole thing. We don't have any choice on what happens. So why even try? I'm like, really? You believe that? I said, do you have a free will? Because he was trying to answer this. He goes, nobody can answer that question. I said, I can. He looked at me like, whoa, who are you, Walter Cronkite? See, some of you don't even know who Walter Cronkite was, and that's the way it was. That was me growing up. He was a news anchor a long time ago. But we all have a free will. But see, back in that in, in the Tower of Babel, they're just they're doing all this on them, their own. They're not depending on God, and God had to get involved. Eleven six of Genesis says, "Look," he said. The people are united. They all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. And this is without the anointing of God. This is just people getting together, figuring some things out. Can I, can I, can I tell you that there are laws in the kingdom that work for anybody? There are things that are in place. God can't just go, Psh. there's things that are in place. But there's power in unity. And so these people are just in their own selves. When there's unity, though, there's strength and power. And the enemy goes after unity as long as it's in opposition with God. He'll separate you to get out of unity with God, but if he can get a group going in a way that opposes God, he'll be, he's okay with unity there. He wants to cause chaos. We live to... Crossed from some people, and they seemed to be nice people, but they had a dog, and the guy said, man, the dog is wild. I don't understand why he's so wild. I said, well, what's his name? He said, chaos. <laughs> so every time they'd be out there, chaos, come here. The dog was wild. But the opposite of unity, obviously, is disunity. So if there are people in a movement that are in agreement with not being in agreement with what the word says, they are unified to not be in agreement with the word. Does that make sense? That's weird, but you know what I'm saying. But it kind of helps you understand how bad guys sometimes seems like they're winning. They get in unity, they act as one, and that principle still works, but thank God there's something, the force of God. Jesus is coming back no matter what the enemy does. The principle of the kingdom works. That's why prayer is so important. Do you understand for Christians to release the power of God, the Bible says you and I have the keys to the kingdom. That says in Matthew, we have the keys to the kingdom. We can bind and we can loose. In other words, we can stop things, we can let things go. We can stop the enemy, we can let the power of God go. Or we can work the other way. Nothing happens. Angels don't get dispatched if we don't bind and loose. The kingdom doesn't go in force if believers aren't carrying out the mandates of the kingdom. 
That's how the enemy gets things done. He either isolates people, gets them on a unity train, the opposite of God, and he gets them to start moving in that direction. Things don't happen for him unless he uses imps and demons, and that's how things work. You see, there's, there's important things that we need to do as believers. We, back in the day, it was just, just go to church. That's what we all thought. We'll just go to church. We'll just be nice. You see, that's, it's wonderful to be at church. And those that are watching, if, if you don't really have any physical disability and you just want to stay home because you want to eat your Cap'n Crunch in your pajamas and watch, I'm glad you're watching, but really you're missing out on being in church. You should be here. The church needs to thrive. And we need believers that are coming together. When I was a kid, anybody ever collect lightning bugs? We used to, don't they smell though? You ever smelled a ladybug too? That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but they stink. <laughs> They're just nasty. But lightning bugs, oh, we'd catch them, we'd put them in a jar. And then the jar, uh, I got a little girl down the street to eat one once. She went home crying, but her mouth was blinking. <laughs> oh, man, we laughed about that for a long time. I got a lot of trouble for that, though. <laughs> Susie Tucker, if you're watching, I'm sorry. <laughs> I repent. <laughs> but we have keys. And this is what happens when we connect with God, when we make that connection. It's our spirit that connects with God. We still battle with our flesh, our will, our mind, our will, and our emotion. We still, but it's our spirit that connects with God, and that is what we have to say, okay, God, what's the plan? What do you want me to do? And we get our directions from that. That's why when we talk about praying in the spirit, we are literally downloading information that God might just pop out you know, in you later and just say, boom, here's a secret. Boom, here's this. I mean, you got to think about stuff like this. The Bible is true. Every word of it is true, so... If you were Peter and somebody came up and said, hey, I want you to go fishing. Peter's like, sweet, I can do that. I'm a fisherman. Well, in the first fish you catch, look in his mouth. Why would I want to do that? Because there's a gold, gold coin there. Uh-huh. You know, they're selling Girl Scout cookies just over there at the corner market. You know, I mean, would you believe that? Or would you just go, okay, if you say so. And he goes down, he gets a coin, he pays his... How... Does that stuff happen? It happens by the connection of the Spirit. That's how it happens. That's how God, the Bible says that the, His Spirit reveals mysteries to you. I've lost my wallet before. I've told you this story. I didn't know where it was. I don't even know how it got there. And the Lord, I asked the Lord. I prayed in the Spirit. I asked the Lord. And He showed me a picture of my wallet under my sink. I don't even remember being under my sink. I don't know how it got there. I could see it. I went home, opened the cupboard. My wallet was sitting right there. I would have never, I'm just, why would I look under the sink? Hey, honey, I lost my wallet. I was crawling under the sink and, but there it was. Lost an earring, not mine. Mine was a nose ring. No, it was not. I'm just, just making sure you're alive. And, uh, you know, the Lord would, Show me stuff like she was looking for whatever those little back things are on there. Over the years we've been married. I don't know where that was. And we'd find it. It's just amazing being connected with God. 
But the enemy wants you to build another tower. Get out of line with God. Divide you. Hate, greed, power, fear. Think about what's going on in the world. People mowing over people on purpose with, with cars. Hey, let's just drive through here. Roe versus Wade. Now there's big controversy on all that going on. There's controversy going on before, but now stuff's taken away that just doesn't go with the book and they don't like it. Bombs left in public places. Shootings. Whites against blacks. I'm so over this. Blacks against whites and uh, Steelers against Browns. Margie. <laughs> I just, again, I told her I was going to plug something in there and I was going to look at her. <laughs> she said, whatever. <laughs> but the enemy's trying to get us out of unity. He's trying to get us over into unforgiveness and hate. They will know we are Christians by our love. I am not moving off the word, but I love you. People have asked, well, hey, can gays come to your church? You bet they can come. Will you love them? You bet I'll love them. Do I agree with it? No, I don't agree with it. But I'll love them anyway. They're still welcome. I'm going to preach the word, and the word's going to say what the word says. I didn't write it. The enemy wants to separate you from God. But agreement is so powerful. God, I just agree. You know, I got to pray for people, and I'd say, do you, do you believe God will do that? Do you agree with what the Word says? And they'd say, yes. And then God would just heal them. Here's our next thought. Fear is from the enemy, and it is the opposite of faith. 2 Timothy 1.7, God's not giving you a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. One version says a sound mind. And all the garbage going on in the world we need to have a sound mind a mind that listens to the heartbeat of god remember when 9 11 hit i remember where i was i remember my daughter being at school they let school out and i remember her coming home and she said daddy i don't want to go back anymore i remember watching the plane hit the tower i remember what seemed to hit this nation fear nobody wanted to travel again People were afraid to get on planes. And we had to get a hold of our emotions. One nation under God. Who am I talking to today? We had to stand up and say, you know what? I will not back down. I will not be afraid of the enemy. God is with me. He protects me. People have been scared even to go to church because stuff has happened in church. What if somebody comes here and does something crazy? My God is bigger than crazy. My God is bigger than anything the enemy can conjure up because God is Jehovah. He is El Shaddai. He is God Almighty. The enemy wants to convince people, you don't need to come to church. Do you have to go to church? You are the church. This is a building. So people say, well, great, then I can stay home because I'm just I'm in the church. I can stay home. Yes, you can stay home. But there's something about anointing and unity and the power of getting together. Do you realize in the upper room there was 120 up there? Do you understand that there were 500 when they saw Jesus and that commandment was put out when he was like, you need to go here. 
Well, 380 said, you know what? I got better things to do. And 120 said, I'm sticking with the plan. And the world has changed today because of what 120 people said. Yes. Where would you stand? Just you. The power of one. One more time. God Almighty is the great conductor in heaven, and he's called you to a place for such a time as this. I'm telling you, this church, we're believing this church will begin to just fill up every week. People will come and get a word from God and go out into the highways and the byways. Pray for people in their neighborhood. Pray for their neighbors. Pray for their family. Get them delivered. Get them healed. Get them saved because Jesus is alive and well. And people just saying, I just, I don't know what's happened to you, but I got to know where you're getting at. I almost feel like Barney and Otis. Where are you getting it? <laughs> Make sure I got my bullet. <sighs> but God has called you. He's called you to the city, maybe to this church. We hope so. But just at least a Bible-believing, Jesus-preaching, devil-stomping church. He's called you to rise up, to go after the lost, help the hurting. He's caused, called you to serve the one true God. No matter what the enemy tries, be connected to the body of Christ. The Bible says that where you're connected, you're planted, you will flourish. I don't know about you, but we need flourishing people right about now. The world needs to see people that flourish. I'm here to tell you this morning, we will not be stopped. We will stand together. We will stand as one. One manufacturer made us. You know that? God Almighty. We may have different skin colors. We may have different TV shows we like. Downton Abbey, Rifleman. <laughs> but we have the same blood. The blood of Jesus. And that blood came from God. We have a shield, not, not just like Captain America type shield, but a spiritual unity that comes with God in the unification of the unified church that says yes, yes to Jesus, yes to deliverance, yes to salvation, yes to healing, yes to prosperity, yes to all the things that God has for you. Acts 17, 26 through 28 says, From one man he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall. He determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Though he is not far from any of us, for in him we live, we move, and exist. And some of uh, your own poets have said, we are his offspring. One version says, in him we live, we move, and we have our being." We are all made from one common source, God, one blood, the blood of Jesus, the same blood that flows through my veins, flowed through his veins, flows through your veins if you are one of his followers from the same God. I don't have to know everybody personally. Have you ever been somewhere and you didn't know the person, but you met them and you said, they're a believer. You were connected because of the spirit of God recognized somebody else with the spirit of God. You ever go to a family reunion, you might say to yourself, I don't know who that is. I'd go to a reunion, my mom would have to tell me who they were. I don't know. But I'd look at them and say, well, somehow we're related. I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. It's amazing you can go different places and find people that know God. 
Have you ever been someplace? Are you one of those people that you go someplace and, and, and people say, everywhere you go, you, you meet somebody you know? That happens to me all the time. My kids have told me that for years. We'd go to Disney World. We'd run into people. Oh, Pastor Brad. I was in the airport in Florida, and some guy walks up. He was Pastor Gary's head usher. Pastor Brad. I'm like, Jeff. And my kids are like, sure, of course. Why not? (laughs) It's just amazing how God connects people. But I have one father, one blood. I live in one nation under God, founded on the principles of God. Help me somebody. I will not, and I hope you agree, we will not let the the devil divide us. We will not quit. Everybody say one God. God. Yes. And you know, one God is in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The world thinks that God hurts people to teach them a lesson. The word doesn't preach that. The word doesn't teach that. God loves us. We are his creation. He gave you personality. Some of us, it seems like he gave a lot. (laughs) You might be saying this, Brett, nobody listens to me. I can't change the world. I'm just one. You're just the one we need. One is so powerful. Here's our last thought this morning. You need to have courage to change. You might not be able to change what's happening around you, but you can change what's happening in you. And when you change what's happening in you, it changes come out of you, and it affects what happens around you. So kind of that's the way I said that's probably not as true as we really can change. Our atmosphere. Now, God doesn't change, but God's perfect. I don't know if you've noticed, none of us are. So, God, help me be more like you. Have you ever met people that you want to be more like? I'm like, oh, God, help me be more like you. My wife is one of those people. I just absolutely love my wife. She just amazes me. Now, she didn't know I was going to say any of that. But I'll tell her all the time, you're just, you're just amazing. She, she's a bulldog, man. I mean, if she, she got God on something, she'll break the chain going after it. I mean, you just got to, she is a, she'll go after it. And that is amazing. I want to be like her in ways. I'm like, I need help with that. And she'd say, oh, no, you don't. I have to play catch up with you. Sometimes she does, but she is just a remarkable human being. You might say, Brett, I can't change Marion by ourselves. No, but together we can. Together we can, if we become one group that follows God, if one prayer puts 1,000, two prayers will put 10,000. And if we believe what we pray, now isn't that the thing? Let's just believe what God says. And we start walking in what he's already done. We start seeing results. One team, one voice, one God. We can change. And that starts with us. we got to change us we got to change us. You, sometimes I look in the mirror and I don't like what I see. Not just outwardly, but sometimes inwardly. You ever just feel like, you know what? You ever have bitterness or stuff? you just like, i got to get rid of this. Unforgiveness. 
it affects you. Have you ever had lack of sleep and you're upset and you're snappy? Edgy? Man, that six days of no electricity, I was probably not fun to live with. Because you're edgy. You don't get the rest you need, or you don't, you know, you can't cook anything unless you got, you know, gas grill or whatever. But I mean, we were, I did get to try a lot of fast food. <laughs> but we got to change, we got to start here. Like, like Kim said, we, we can't just point our fingers at people. Let's start here. Let's change us and let that change affect our house and let our house affect our neighborhood and just go from there. I don't have to win the world or the city. What I have to do is my job. Amen? I have to stay in my lane. God, what do you want me to do right now? What are you asking me to do? Remember those stories? I want you to buy their breakfast. I don't want to buy their breakfast. If I buy their breakfast, I don't eat. God, did you hear me? Oh, God. And he doesn't answer. But I would buy their breakfast, and later he would bless me some way, financially or something else, and I'd be like, this is amazing, much more than the breakfast. But I didn't do it for that. I did it because he asked me. I have to stay kingdom-minded. God's way is always better than my way. I might not be able to change everything, but one individual can change my world, my thing, that has an effect on my wife, my children, and then who they're in contact with. Do you know that Nehemiah built the wall in 52 days, record time? Here's why. Because each person was focused on their job, their task. How about you? Are you supposed to say hi to the neighbor across the fence? Well, we don't do that anymore. Why not? Maybe they need some cookies. Oh, have you tasted my cookies? <laughs> that would not help them. <laughs> Every time I grew out, God had me give the neighbor on my other side uh, of the house where we lived on Savannah. Every time we grew out, I made him and his wife a burger. If I was making burgers, if I was making something else, I always made something else for him, and I'd just give it to him. Never ask anything in return. First, he was like really, oh, no, 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 because he thought, I, you know, oh, you do something for me, I owe you. And I'd be like, dude, just quit that. I'm out there cooking. I just, you know, you, if you don't want it, I'll go eat it myself. And, you know, because he didn't feel pressure, he started taking all that. I got to lead him to Jesus later. Why? My task. Part of my job. It's kind of fun when you start walking with the Lord and you start doing this. I started praying for him, started talking to him more, started asking him questions, bringing him, now listen, value because he's one. And see, he would think, you don't look at me the same because you are who you are, Europe. I, then I wasn't even a preacher. But just because I was a Bible thumping, Believer in Jesus, I mean, he had no doubt what I believed because I told him. 
But God gave me ways to be the one person that would help. One person. I'd go help him. And I'd see him out there doing something. And, and the Lord would say, okay. And this is the plan he'd give me. Now think about this. This is just modern day. He didn't say, go, go find the coin in the fish's mouth. He said, Brett, go out there and tell him you have 20 minutes. I'd go out there and, and I'd just say, hey, I'll call him Jim. That wasn't his name. But hey, Jim. Hey, I got about 20 minutes. Thought I'd help you with your yard here real quick. And then I got a scoop. Well, he's already thinking, okay, 20, 20 minutes. All right. So I'm, I'm raking. Where are you putting all this stuff? I'm doing everything I can. 20 minutes, I'm busting my tail. And 20 minutes, like clockwork. Hey, buddy, love you. Talk to you later. Gone. And he's there like, okay, that was cool. He feeds me. He helps me do yard work. I should hire him. No, that's not what he's thinking. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, what's your task? The enemy wants to make you afraid. He wants you to shrink back. He wants you to say you're worthless. You can't do anything. But I'm telling you, the power of one, one more time. If we ever needed one person to stand up for Jesus, you are the one person. Acts 2, the Bible says they were in one accord. That's not a Honda. They're just all together. That's an old joke, by the way. But they sought God, and God showed up. They're in one mind, one agreement, one. They were unified. You see, the church still exists today because it's birthed out of God. The Tower of Babel, birthed out of man, it's gone. Listen to this, and I'm about finished. What you do in the flesh has to be maintained in the flesh. In other words, if you do it in your own self, you're going you're to have to keep it floating in your own self. But what is birthed in the spirit, the natural, the five-sense realm, has to bow to what is birthed in the spirit if you yield to God and do it God's way. Acts 2 still going on today. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Psalm 3, 3, you, O Lord, are a shield around me. You're my glory, the one who holds my head high. It's better than Cap's shield. It's the shield of prayer, the blood of Jesus, the shield of the hand of the Lord, the shield of protection from angels, angels that are holding back the darkness. Psalm 91. You don't have to fear. We use God's mighty weapons, 2 Corinthians 10, 4, not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Ephesians 6, 16. In addition, we hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. You see, the shield is not just for you. You are maybe the one that carries it. But it is for your family, your kids. If, if the enemy would try to get in my house, he has... He has to come through me. If he wants to get her, he's got to get me out of the way, and he ain't going to do that. I will not allow it. Do you understand the power of one? If I could tell you anything this morning, you matter. You matter. My children, when they were little, if they ever felt in danger, I would put them behind me and stand and say, whatever's coming, Daddy will take care of it. You matter. The power of one, one more time.
I challenge you today to put value back into what you believe in the kingdom of God. Value back into yourself and the value that God brings. Do you realize that he invested his son in you? And I will close with this. You've heard this story before, but it quickly is this, and I just need to be obedient to the Lord. I love you with all my heart. This building was on fire. My wife could not stop me from bringing and getting as many of you out as I could before the building fell down. But the first people I would get out would be her, would be my daughter. Of course, Justin would probably already take care of that. <laughs> my grandson would be my sister. Jeff would probably already take care of that. Be my, my Uncle Tom and Aunt Sandy, be my Uncle John, and be people that I know that were in my family, but I would get them out first and then I would come back in. Kim might say, Brad, don't go. The building's too dangerous. And I would say, I gotta get them out. You see, I would be willing to risk my life to save yours. I would get Amy out. Jay would already take care of that too. And I would get my mother in law out for sure. See, I'd, I'd risk my life to save yours, but I don't want to risk their life. Jesus, God said, I'll do that. It's hard for me to fathom. That's the power of one. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he cares. How much value you bring to the table. Don't you let anybody tell you you're not worth anything. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?